welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, February 15th, 2023, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today is the day after Valentine's Day, and what better time than to talk about the very important topic of marriage. And you know, I think a lot of times, especially uh, when two people come together, unfortunately in our culture, people think, well, let's have children, especially if they're having issues. Um, But as many of us know, children, they need strong marriages. They need a, a husband and a wife, a mom and a dad. They're committed to one another because life is hard. Parenting is hard, but especially to when you bring uh, parenting children who you're bringing into your home through adoption. And to be honest, as we were praying and thinking about who to bring on, to say who is someone we would want to spotlight as a family that is loving the Lord, that is on mission, and a husband and a wife that are committed to one another, different and yet working in coordination for the gospel and rearing their children, we could think of no one better than Micah and Jamie Steele. And so I'm so grateful to have my friends here. Micah and Jamie are parents of six. Their oldest two, uh, Isaiah and Naomi, uh, came into their home biologically, and their youngest four uh, were adopted from China. And I'm just so excited for you to get to hear this conversation, for you to get to learn more about this family. Uh, They live in the breadbasket, the great state of Iowa. And so I'm sure that will come forth as well to learn so much more about Iowan culture. Uh, Before we do bring on the steel, I want to remind you about TheraPlay. We actually have a TheraPlay training that's coming up. And if you're a counselor or therapist who is interested in how to play and help children come to healing through biblical play and biblical counseling, we are hosting a TheraPlay training event. It will be held April 17th through 20th, 2023 in Birmingham, Alabama. If you can't come live, there are also ways that you can join uh, via a simulcast. Uh, you will learn the fundamentals of the TheraPlay model and be able to begin to apply TheraPlay principles into your work with existing and new clients. The truth of the matter is we need more biblical counselors who are helping children that come from hard places to find healing from trauma, not in a psychological way, but also a biblical Christian way that also looks at these modalities and uses them and redeems them uh, for the purposes of the Lord. So you can see our show notes for more information, or you can always visit our website, lifelinechild.org, to be able to register for a TheraPlay training. I'm so grateful, like I said, to be joined by friends and to be able to, to have this discussion but also to be able to talk about marriage. So Micah and Jamie, I'm so grateful that y'all could be a part. And if you would just introduce yourselves and tell a little bit more about your family and and just even how adoption came to be a part of your story. Sure. Uh, Hey man, good to see you. Uh, Thanks for uh, having us. It's uh, it it really is a um, privilege. Jamie and I met, she'll she'll add some color here. Uh, She and I met um, in Greensboro, North Carolina when she served as my waitress one night. Uh, so God was good at Bennigan's. I'll just maybe say that. Um, when we um, we had a very, I would say, a, a kind of an abbreviated um, courtship uh, because we were living in different states and and we just kind of had to decide, are we going to do this or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were married 10, 10 months after we met that night. And um, we knew that, Lord willing, um, having a family, raising children um, would, would be part of our path, uh, and even even early. Um, 
there were some speculations on, on both of our part that uh, maybe not all of our children would be biological children that mm. we to have and raise a family. So uh, the, the funny part of the story, I guess, is that we did talk about adoption on our first date. Maybe not a common story, but uh, that came up. <laughs> um, I wanted to make sure the important things were covered, you know, before we got to know each other any further. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite color? Um, where, where were you born? Want to adopt. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you okay with adoption? So um, that, that those were the, the early days. Um, and then I would, I don't know, you can fill in here, but uh, we, we had biological children. God bless us with biological children. Soon after that, very soon after Naomi was born, our second was born, uh, the kind of the dialogue turned to um, have we been, um, have, can we pray about whether we've been called to minister and care for vulnerable children um, in any way, specifically through adoption? Yeah. And, you know, Micah, you said something right there that I think is is so key and really leads to this next place. Obviously, adoption uh, started at the very first date, but when you actually took that next step, the word you said was you, you begin to pray over that. So I'd love to know just as Jamie, as you and Micah and, and, and together as y'all were praying, how did you know what, like, how did you sense the Lord was leading you to international adoption? Yeah, we just kept coming back to it as a topic of discussion. Like, I think God was doing um, things in both of us just, just kept like piquing our interest about it and um, wanting to know more. Um, we, um, I guess I can't speak for Micah, but I know for sure I got to a place where I felt like that if we didn't move forward, um, like if I were looking back in 10 years, I would have felt like we were being disobedient perhaps if we hadn't taken that step. And also at the same time, just because the Lord kept bringing it, bringing it to our attention. And at the same time, we met a family that had adopted three daughters from China and gotten to know them a little bit better and asked you some questions. Um, and they came together at all that at the same time. That was after we had uh, the, the other wrinkle in the stories that um, we actually took some foster care uh, courses because we really just kind of wanted to uh, investigate the all of our options, uh, several options for how, how that might come about in our family, what God might do in it, uh, and decided that particular path was was not the next one for us, mm -hmm. and and so on the international adoption, um, even though we never ruled out uh, any other path for, for down the road. That's how we got started with uh, with international adoption. Yeah, and and I know we've joked around over the years that probably our families, while they look different and our geography is different, that we've had some of the parallel experiences. And I think probably the same with you guys. Um, you know, I become the plan and and my wife becomes the fuel uh, because she's got the the, the drive and, and, and the heart there. And, uh, you know, Micah, I know well enough that you're a planner. And of course, I know Jamie's the heart. Um, certainly doesn't mean that that Jamie doesn't plan and Micah doesn't have heart, but but that's our core dynamics. You know, even as y'all were praying through that, did you feel like the Lord was bringing you together more towards that? You, you talked about it on your first date, but why was it so important that y'all were in line and in sync as you took that next step? Well, by the grace of God, we weren't naive about what we were talking about. Part of that discussion with that brother and sister early on who had a doubt, I mean, they, they looked at us and looked at us this is not you know what, what rainbows and, and butterflies this is tough work um you know they, they started to talk about some of the nuances of, of uh, international adoption or adoption of, of any kind to help us start to think about that 
So it, it was, I think it was pretty early that we acknowledged if we're going to do this, we're going to sign up for uh, a great deal of uh, uncertainty, mm-hmm. probably some substantial challenge. We have this funny thing we talk about with people who call us and say, can we talk to you about adoption? We ask them two questions. <laughs> the first one is, why would you want to do this? Um, <laughs> you know, if the answer is we feel called by God to do it, then we exhale and say, okay, that's that's what we wanted to hear. Okay, the second question is, then why wouldn't we do it? But but if you're, if <laughs> we were convinced, compelled, that we were called by God, and, and so um, if you're on mission pursuing Christ in anything, um, when the challenge comes, and it, it surely will, you have confidence in it. Mm-hmm. But in terms of how we were growing closer during that time, I mean, we had a lot of dialogue about it, a lot of praying. I mean, just like, okay, I've been praying about this. What has the Lord been saying to you? And just like a lot of communication constantly throughout our years um, on this journey. So, There was a moment when uh, Jamie tells a story, I'll tell it for her, when she was meeting with one of her sisters in Christ. And there was a moment in that discussion where, it became clear to her that if she didn't proceed, it would be evidence of disobedience because we had been called. And, and she told me that story. And I remember thinking, I feel the same way. Mm. So let's walk by faith. Let's, let's respond in, in obedience. Enjoy. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of folks, when you, when you think about entering into even an adoption process or, uh, you know, even going through finding out biologically, Hey, I, I, we're having a child instantly you think to preparing yourself for bringing that child into your home. But obviously, if mom and dad, if husband and wife are not in sync and growing together in the Lord, those children, you can prepare all you want. But if if mom and dad aren't together in a loving, committed relationship, growing together and growing in the Lord, the kids aren't really going to get anything, even if you've got all the best tricks and all the best stuff. So you know, how did you guys especially begin to prioritize your marriage and growing together in the midst of pursuing adoption? Um, we got a uh, a little bit of a head start. You know, I acknowledge there are some families who uh, adopt a sibling group as as their first foray in, into parenting. Um, we, uh, we didn't do it that way. We had two biological children. So we had some reps in, in terms of establishing boundaries and priorities and so forth as we were raising biological children. So we were able to extrapolate, you know, those mm. um, disciplines as we brought more children in, into the home um, in, in those cases adoption most married couples would say it is a matter of of discipline uh, there is a funny thing that happens in our home when we announce we're uh, on a small scale we're, we're leaving for the evening to uh go um sit across the table uh at a local restaurant or or we're leaving for a week and we're not taking you guys we're, we're going to go invest um and, and take a break t- together and the funny thing about it is they, they roll their eyes and and uh moan and, and, and complain and ask why but we remind them this trust me this is what you want you want mom and dad to have a reliable stable trusting loving relationships that are on christ mm-hmm. trust us and know that as they've aged you know that we were just joking about this last night because we're planning one of those they know it right mm-hmm. um, so uh but the uh um there, there's a lot of banter on that because uh because it can be they don't just believe, yeah. but, um like mike said we definitely prioritize dates you know regularly if we have if it's been two weeks and we haven't been out at least for an hour-long coffee or a beer or something then um, we make sure that happens and 
there's a lot of just like, hey, we just, we need an hour. Let's go for a walk. Let's go out for a coffee. Um, and then also we really try hard at least once a year to get away, even if it's just for the weekend. But um, we definitely prioritize that in our budget, in our schedules. You know, our um, parents thankfully come and help us with that. <clears throat> and some seasons has been a lot harder than others. I mean, we have a very busy household. We have three in high school and three in elementary some of our children have some special needs, so we are um, at regular doctor's appointments and all that. And so some seasons it's felt like, yes, we can't wait to get away. It's it's kind of easier to leave. And then other seasons we think, oh, it's just harder to leave than it is to stay. But we have always felt like it's really important to make our time alone a priority so that we can talk about what God is doing in you know, in our prayer life and our Bible reading and just process that together because we're really helpful for each other in our processing. Um, Obviously, you know, the statistics and, and unfortunately it's not any different in the church than it is in the world show that when families walk through troubling times together, that unfortunately uh, that leads to discord in husband and wife relationships and, and many times even leads to divorce. And one of those big things are help matters that happen within the family. And certainly not only have y'all adopted, you've adopted children that had some health issues and that were struggling with some medical needs and and some other needs. And uh, I know several years ago, you walked through a health scare and there was a trying time. It was hard. There was uncertainty that was involved. But I even know as our team here was praying for you guys, our family was praying for you guys, your marriage strengthened during that process where others don't yours strengthen and your family even strengthen you know how, how did you rely upon the lord in that struggle and how did you see him not only grow the two of you but grow your family closer um i remember just speaking about that time in particular with the difficult health care we were at the hospital and got a very difficult diagnosis for one of our sons and I remember we got in the car in the parking deck and we talked about a few things. You know, we had an hour long drive home and like from the time we got in the parking deck to the time we got home, we talked about how it was going to be very important for us to um, continue to communicate with each other very well about our feelings, how we were processing that really difficult news, uh, what uh, we were thinking about the gospel, you know, during that time that we can help each other and also we talked about how we know it's really common for marriages to just really struggle with some difficult news like that um not just at the time when the diagnosis or um, scary health thing happens but just for years to come because it will be um a very interesting um road from here on out so i think just having that awareness that like okay this is an area that we are going to have to be very intentional about because we know this could be a problem um so that i i remember that was really helpful and moving forward i mean we're like two totally different personalities and it was very helpful to um just have a ton of dialogue about like how I was processing the whole thing versus how Micah was. And we helped each other an incredible amount, just like seeing each other's perspective throughout that. And that was a huge gift. It was um, raise the stakes. Um, you know, a, a moment like that in, in any relationship or in, in a marriage, a moment like that, um, it's, <laughs> I realized or we realized it, it's prime time now for how we engage. It's never been more critical 
be open, to, to have a lot of dialogue, to be transparent, to be vulnerable. And trust me, there was plenty of opportunity to exercise vulnerability at that time. And what was the, the miracle, I, in my opinion, uh, about it was that we, it's true, we were processing that news or that challenge so differently, so differently. And, and we had dozens of people praying for us, including you and, and your staff. We had so many people praying for us. Meanwhile, it was that our relationship was was ground zero for for that engagement and mutual encouragement. Um, I was not thinking about things the way that she was and, and vice versa for her. So we were able to um, see things, acknowledge things, point things out uh, about the gospel, about the sovereignty of God, uh, about how good he is. Um, working all things together for those who love and call according to his purpose. Those were reminders that we both needed to hear. We pointed out each other's blind spots. It was really a gift. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know obviously walking through struggles, but there's in day life. I mean, even before we hit record, we were talking about the joys of raising teenagers and the difference between a teenage boy and a teenage girl. And, you know, uh, I know at times for in our family, my sweet wife will put up a stop sign to tell me, hey, hey, be careful. And, you know, I'll blow right through it. And so conflict comes in a marriage, right? I know for our family, my wife grew up in a home where there was no conflict that was visible, but then it ended up in divorce. And I, I grew up in a home where my parents are still married, been married for decades. And I did witness conflict. And I, I remember when Ash and I first got married and the first conflict we had, um, she thought everything was just over. Like, uh-oh, like <laughs> the sky's falling. Something happened. We didn't hear the Lord right. What in the world? And of course, for me, I was like, ah, this is just part of it. So I know a lot of times we look at what we see in marriages and we think, oh, that's the perfect marriage. But we know every marriage has conflict. What What are the best things that y'all have learned or maybe advice that you've been given to help navigate conflict that invariably is going to come and and many times comes as a result of our children. Hmm. We just got to practice this last night. Just last kitchen. night. Thanks for asking, Ruby. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I would. I mean, you described it well. I mean, I, I would start with this. My wife is a perfect gift to me. The not polar, but the remarkably different nature of our personalities and the way we think is a gift. It's a gift to me, especially as we started to navigate challenges in, in parenting, because she thinks so much differently than I do. And by the grace of God, she she always tells me what she thinks, <laughs> which, you know, it, it, I don't always immediately consider that a blessing. But so she reads different books than I do. Um, and she's read a lot more books of, about trauma and children than I had. And so it would be a little silly for me to, uh, first of all, ask her not to speak truth when, when she sees it or react unfavorably. And then, of course, um, not have a heart to respond to. Thinking about, like, you know, just where we've come from, you talked about you and Ashley coming from different, you know, backgrounds. And um, it's been really helpful for both of us to have a biblical counselor um, that we can, you know, unpack our own personal baggage with. Um, and um, because, like Micah said, when we um, started down this road, we knew it was going to be enormously challenging. We didn't know how. I mean, um, we could only imagine. Um, and so, it has been um, really good for us to prepare ourselves um, and also just work through really difficult things in our past and how we um, like our inclinations about how to relate to each other and also to our kids um, with a biblical counselor and just, you know, 
um, that stuff is going to happen. We're going to have things that we need to work through. And it, we feel like we are, it's really important for us to take that time, set time aside, make those appointments to work through, you know, some baggage and thoughts with a trusted counselor. So. So thinking about adoption and, and, and there, there's countless probably a pre-adoptive family who's in the process of adoption. They've, they've already felt the call of the Lord. They've wrestled through that. And now they're waiting. They're in that waiting process. What, what advice would you give or what would you say to that couple if you could sit down with them and, and talk to them about just what they can be doing both to benefit their marriage, their children, their future children? What's something you would tell them and counsel them with if you could sit down with that couple? I would start with what Jamie alluded to before, but I would reinforce it because I wish I could have set myself down when we were in the middle of our, uh, preparing for our first adoption and say, uh, find that counselor, start those meetings now, uh, start to work through uh, what you're about to walk into now for, for your benefit. It took, it took me, I'm not speaking for Jamie, it took me longer to take that step than, than it could have. Uh, so that's one piece of advice I would probably give myself um, from 15 years ago, 13 years ago, whatever it is. Exercising the disciplines we alluded to before, do, do you have the kind of the structure and, and boundaries in, in your, uh, whether you have children or not, to to uh, prioritize the relationship? Prioritize relationship with God? Are those spiritual disciplines reliable? Uh, if not, there's a good place to start. And secondarily is is the uh, kind of prioritization and, and uh, investment in your relationship with your spouse. Is that, are those boundaries well, well established? That's a better time to do it than, than when the uh, when the sparks start to fly. Yeah. And, you know, kind of as we close, and there's so much more I wish I could talk about, but but I think this is this is the greatest gift we can give our kids is a mom and a dad who are ultimately committed to Christ. Um, you know, that gets us through our conflict. That gives us perspective of every moment. It's what helps us see our spouse as a gift when we might not, in our emotions, feel like they are a gift. Um, it's the grace of God, knowing that um, the Lord gave us one another, not only for enjoyment, but also for sanctification and growth in him. And, you know, I, I, I don't say this lightly, but the fruit of your family and the fruit of your marriage is evident uh, of a deep abiding love for Christ. And I, I'd love for you just to talk through and and encourage folks on how do you, how have you grown in your walk with the Lord together? And ultimately, what are ways that you would encourage others to keep Christ at the center of your relationship and family? Well, we're, I mean, obviously we're both in the, I, I joked with the kids that I was going to sing the Bible song, you know, I mean, just like being in the, <laughs> when you ask this question, like just being in the word, um, both individually, like we do our own separate studies. I'm in a women's study. And then um, I do like a daily reading. He does a daily reading and we talk to each other about, you know, what we're learning, talk to our kids about what we're learning um, in the scripture and like spur one another on in that. Um, and um, also just being a part of our church community, small group community, we prioritize those things as the most important. Um, we um, remind ourselves and our kids that there's nothing more important. We, you know, aren't always going to feel like doing those things, but we need to prioritize them. Of course, that's where we start. It seems like an easy prediction to me that anyone considering uh, um, going through the paperwork early part of the process, or even um, um, up to, to do it again. We, we've, we've done it four times. 
I just, I don't know. I, I can guarantee there will be moments. Um, you want, you will encounter moments where the, the best thing you can do for each other is remind each other of the beauty of the gospel. Just how good and beautiful God is. I won't go into too much detail here, but there was, um, I remember a moment, one of those challenges, one of those moments of uncertainty, Jamie turned to me and she, I, I'm going to screw this up, but it was something like, she said something like, maybe this wasn't the right path. This is really, really hard. And by the grace of God, you know, I wasn't in exactly the same place she was. There have been times when I was in a dark place and she wasn't. She was able to point out mm -hmm. the truth. By the grace of God, I was able to have the perspective to, to, to say the Bible promises mm -hmm. that there will be trouble. It also promises that he has overcome. He has overcome the confidence we have in the sovereignty of God that, that, that is layered throughout the scriptures regarding the fact that when we encounter trouble, he is with us, that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which fear no evil. We can believe that even today, he knows he's with us, he's beside us, mm. and he is working and he is doing a beautiful work. Um, no matter the circumstances and the challenge and the tears and the depth of, uh, of the moment. Uh, there were other moments. Now, I remember that one. She probably remembers other ones where I, I was not in, in the best place and she was able to remind me of just how, just how good God is, no matter what the circumstance may uh, suggest at the moment. And those are those are remarkable moments for a uh, husband and wife, and um, you can tell we, we don't forget them um, because uh, they're they are like uh, a crucible, right? They come out stronger, mm. and and knowing, remembering more consistently how good God is and how beautiful the gospel is. Well, I, I love what you say there because you know, even to to remind couples that the greatest gift we can give our spouse, yes, encouraging them, loving them, but reminding them who they are in Christ mm -hmm. um, and reminding them of the beauty of Christ. And so I know I said that as the last question, but I have to follow up with that to say, I know that's a gift then that you're giving to your children. And so mm -hmm. even having children that have come from difficult circumstances, you know, we talk about your marriage as your child has your child has a health scare and I'm purposely not naming the child for their sake, but it's hard on them as well. It's hard on the whole family as well. And those mm -hmm. things that you're practicing in your marriage ultimately are the overflow to your family. How has just reflecting Christ to each other, reminding each other of the glory and beauty of Christ helped you both as you've navigated hard circumstances? Well, I mean, when we're encouraging each other to remember the gospel, we're encouraging each other in moments that are really, sometimes we feel really helpless. And so you remember those moments. And then when your kids are walking through, you know, similar situations and you can tell that they are just really struggling to understand or walk through things, you know, you're so much more well-equipped and um, like passionate about explaining the gospel to your child then at that moment you're like oh you know I know how you feel because I I feel helpless as well and here's what here's what our hope is in so um you know it's it's much easier for that to be an overflow and an outpouring from our hearts inwards to our kids um, when we see them going through trials which they are um when we have encouraged each other in those things and our kids you know see us encouraging one another and um, they're paying attention 
so much more than what we know. And then, you know, later on, they'll say, hey, I, I noticed this, you know, can we talk about that more? So at least in our home, that dialogue is not a private. Mm -hmm. That's in the kitchen, mm -hmm. you know, uh, mm -hmm. before dinner, right? Or, or whatever the circumstance may be. There's a great, I have around the dinner table a great deal of absorption in a family culture um even if we're not speaking to them uh the dialogue we have and uh they uh, of course children are going to take cues from their parents on how they respond to the challenge and when they have challenge which of course they they do and, and i would say our kids certainly do uh, whether it's medical circumstances um uh, medically or academically or spiritually, um, spiritually relationally mm -hmm. <laughs> For sure, they encounter, and um, hopefully, we have some credibility with them because we're not—we don't can see our challenges or our, our flaws, or they—they they can see them there in, in, in the wide open. We, when we encourage them that God is with you here, He loves you so much, and He has a plan here, and and I, I'm sure of it. And you can be sure of it too. Um, that that's not a cliche. If they've seen us walk through it, they've seen us uh, struggle through it as as a couple or individually or or whatever. There's a there's a connection there. Uh, mom and dad, you know, I believe you, and I believe God. Yeah. You know, even as we close, uh, for those of you listening, you know, one of the great analogies I would give you on why it's so important that in any way that we're going to help others, that we first seek. Uh, our own time with the Lord and seek just the importance of marriage is what I hear far too often on airplane when you're going through the briefing. And it tells you if those oxygen masks fall down, you're supposed to put your own on first before helping another. And so if we truly want to reach the heart of the orphan child, the heart of the foster child, the heart of the, the fatherless and the vulnerable, uh, the vulnerable woman, the vulnerable family, the vulnerable child, we've got to be seeking help in the Lord first. We've, we've got to seek the Lord. Uh, we've got to seek him while he's known. We've got to work in community. We love our wife. And as we do those things, the Lord will prepare us to be able to help another. And so I'm so grateful for the Steele family. I'm so grateful for the fruit of the gospel that is in their lives. And I'm thankful for the way that they have stepped out in order to defend life and in order to use their family in a way that ultimately shows the world and shows their community the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.